wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is William Mawala. I'm the pastor of the Para Vista and the Gaula Seventh-day Adventist churches in South Australia. Thank you for joining us uh, today. This week's theme, how good was God when he created hell? Today we attempt to answer the question, uh, is hell real and what and where is hell? And so I'd just like to begin our live show today by an audience uh, engagement question. I'd like to uh, submit this question out to our listeners today. If you're driving home or you're listening to us right now, is hell real? What do you think? Why don't you text us here in the studio? 0488-808-811. And so today my co-host is Pastor Joseph Matichich. And uh, for our regular listeners, you know Joseph very well. Uh, for those who may be new to uh, listening to Pastor Joseph, he serves as the secretary for the Seventh-day Adventist Church, churches here in South Australia. And he's a fellow colleague in ministry here uh, in Adelaide with me. Uh, welcome to the studio, Joseph. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. Well, it's good to be back in the studio uh, once again to kick off a brand new theme uh, for Drive Time Big Q&A. So um, how was your weekend? How have things been uh, since we last caught up? It's been good, yeah. yeah. Um, been, um, been been busy doing various things, William. Yeah. Um, even caught up a little bit uh, briefly with, with uh, one of your churches on the weekend. Yes, yes, uh, we got so to we, catch up. And- we, we bumped into each other just briefly <laughs> there um, and did a few other things over the weekend as well. It's been... Um, it's been fairly wet down this yeah. part of the world, so things have uh, greened up, a uh, bit, bit of work to do in the backyard, and so I enjoy Good. that on, on the weekend when yeah. I have a bit of free time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, thanks for letting us uh, know, Pastor Joseph. Uh, yeah, I had a pretty good weekend as well. Uh, just over our church there at uh, Paravista on, on the weekend, we were able to um, do our communion service. So we did uh, not only the bread and the, the wine uh, symbolism, the grape juice, uh, we actually did the uh, foot washing as well, which was, which uh, some members said they, they were really happy because we haven't had that in obviously in quite a while since. COVID, um, you mm. know, had put a stop to some things. We did have a communion service, just the bread and the juice, uh, you know, last quarter. But yeah, just on the weekend, we actually did the ordinance of humility. And for our listeners out there, you might be thinking, what are you talking about with this foot washing business? Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's something that, uh, we do that, uh, is it, is commanded actually mm. by, by Jesus Christ in the Gospel of John in the 13th chapter where Jesus uh, washed the disciples' feet and he says there in that chapter that he gives us an example to follow. So um, so that was really great. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, Joseph, we were able to catch up there uh, over the uh, Project North to South uh, games, board games night. And you know, I was telling my wife, you know, that I had a really good fun because mm-hmm. – when we uh, sang a few songs at the beginning, there was one of these songs. It was like an action song, and we had to, you know, clap hands and stuff. And I was just connecting with one of the young folks there, and uh, you know, it was just innocent, pure, you know, laughter, and it was really fun. Yes. So, and I, I was saying to her, you know, going to uh, events like that is, it's just as important as you know some of the other tasks that we do as pastors and 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 ministers. So yeah, had a good time. Uh, catching up with our um, church family over there. Um, so we are really, I'm looking forward, Joseph, to what you're going to present uh, today in this uh, topic of 
um, how good was God when he created hell? Yeah, that's a bit of a um, gets you thinking that 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 theme. I think we need to um, probably um, <laughs> uh, m- mention our our great colleague uh, Pastor Gary Hodgkin for R- right. um, coming up with the coming up with these kind of um, yeah. titles. Really, I yeah. think it's yeah. Uh, did God create it? I mean, I guess this yeah. is this is what what it's trying to do. It's trying to, I guess, get us thought provoking. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So uh, to our good friend out there, Pastor Gary Hodgkin, um, does a great job. He's a big part of what we do here at Drive Part Drive Time BQ and A. So uh, yeah, looking forward to diving in, uh, Pastor Joseph, and for the rest of our team, they'll be looking at uh, various questions um, on that theme about this idea of hell. Yeah. And so, which kind of leads us, uh, Joseph, into the World Watch segment. What I wanted to share with our listeners today, very uh, interesting article um, that I came across, um, and it's on the, the abc.net.au uh, website. And this was an article uh, taken back in May last oh, – sorry – it was posted actually just last month, uh, May this year. And the, the title is Noosa Temple of Satan Education Challenge Dismissed by Judge as, quote, jumble of confected nonsense. That's a mouthful of a heading there. Uh, let me read the first few lines here and then love to hear your thoughts on it, uh, Pastor Joseph. It says, a Supreme Court judge has dismissed a group of Satanists bid to teach religious classes in some Queensland schools, describing the case as a, quote, deplorable waste of state resources and a political stunt. The Noosa Temple of Satan last year launched action in the Supreme Court calling for a judicial review of the Queensland Education Department's determination that it was not a religious denomination or society. Their review followed the group's application to provide religious instruction at two high schools and two primary schools across Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast. On Friday, Justice Martin Burns dismissed the temple's application and also made a direction that group founder Robin Bristow appear before him in two weeks to prove why he should not be prosecuted over his testimony. Um in his written judgment, Justice Burns said the temple's application proposed a school program called Satanic Religious Instruction. There you go, Joseph. Imagine going to school and, um, you know, that's what, that's what your child's going to be learning, Satanic Religious Instruction, uh, with the aim and goals of providing students with information about the religion of Satanism and that Satan was a supernatural being. Now, just read this last next bit, and then I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Joseph. It says, the evidence, according to the judge, included an email from the education department to the group that their position that the temple was not a religious denomination or society was based on, quote, statements publicly attributed to you. So it sounds like, Joseph, that they were reading back their own, uh, you know, their own uh, information. It says that the temple was established in response to the Australian government's proposal for a religious discrimination bill and that most Satanist quotes do not believe that Satan exists. And then lastly, this quote here says, Accordingly, the department considers there is a real question whether the temple's true purpose is political as opposed to religious. Now, before I get your thoughts on this, Joseph, our listeners might be thinking, why why are you talking about these, you know, the Noosa Temple of Satan? Well, we're talking about hell this week, and uh, the, our book offer, it's actually... 
the devil is mentioned in the title. Mm. So it kind of got me thinking, Joseph, you know, uh, about this idea of the devil and Satan and hell and all this. So basically, in summary, Joseph, here is this group, which I didn't know until I read this article. There's a group up in Upper North Queensland called the Noosa Temple of Satan, basically challenging the education system to say, hey, if Christians can, you know, have their way and, and teach their, you know, uh, philosophies and religion, it sounds like a, a bit, well, we have that right too. Mm. And they wanted to insert themselves and, you know, they, they took it up to the Supreme Court. Um, and there's a bit more in there, but, um, from the article, what I gather, Joseph, it's, uh, what the judge wasn't convinced that they were actually a legitimate religious institution. I kind of, I think he was, basically seeing past them, you know, what they were about. It wasn't about teaching religious. It was more or less a political move. And I think that's what the judge, Justice Burns, oh, sorry, Martin Burns, that's why he ultimately dismissed the case. So, yeah, Joseph, what do you think about, you know, here, here is this group here wanting to, you know, teach satanic religious instruction, um, you know, in the education system? Well, William, it's it's been a few years since I was at school. Yeah, but um, not really that long. I'm not. Right. Yeah, it, it hasn't been that long. But <laughs> okay. I, I, I do remember. I uh, still quite quite well, William. When I went to, when I was at school, it was a. I think of my very of of the, that first school, the, the the primary school. It was a public school. Yeah, and uh, we had um, we as kids we used to call it RI. It stood for religious instruction. And um, one of the things about it is it, it gave a bit of a time time off from from the actual classes. And what would happen is um, people would come in uh, to the school. Visitors would come in and take uh, what's called religious instruction. But no, they, they were clearly Christian. It was a, yeah. an Anglican person. I think there was a Catholic person that would come and uh, take a take a session or two, take a period or two, an hour an hour or two. How times how times have changed, William? You know, yeah. from then to now, having um, people such as this bringing satanic religious instruction or wanting to to, to teach it in 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 our schools, how things have shifted yeah. in, in our Absolutely. culture and in our country of Australia, which once upon a time was uh, really uh, Christian based, quite quite overtly Christian uh, influence throughout our society. Uh, in our schools, and um, clearly we we don't have that now. We have quite a quite a diversity, uh, quite a secular, atheistic uh, approach, secular view, and, and not only that, but as you've shared there, there is even this this satanic view. So yeah. um, now we we know from from the Bible, um, the Bible is very clear that Satan is real, yeah. that he exists. That's right, and um, this. This is interesting. This this report, this this news report here, because it's um, highlighting the fact that he, the Satan, Satan does exist. Yet uh, th- there there are concerns about it. That the, the that report there shows that the the judge threw it out um, with, because of some concerns, and some of those concerns I think you were alluding to the fact there is that um, um, it, it highlights that. Yeah, perhaps perhaps we we do as a society sense some 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 issues about Satanism and 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 the, what, what the religion of Satan could be, what what its influences could be. Now th- there was there was a contradiction even in 
what this group themselves are purportedly yeah. bringing out. On the one hand, they are uh, sharing satanic religious instruction, but then on the other hand, it sounded like they were wanting to deny the existence of Satan. So on the one hand, yeah, they're claiming that it is. On the other hand, they're denying. And, and I think you you brought out there, or you read a bit of there, that, that the that the judge dismissed it essentially because of this contradiction yeah. or, the, or confusion that was there. Yeah, and I think what um what the just uh, Justice Burns also did um is that they basically had an they had they had to meet. I guess, uh, in the government's eyes, legal criteria of a religious organization. And I think as Justice Burns was kind of cross-examining these two blokes that I think in his mind, at least, it came up that he, well, in, in the, in, uh, the Justice, Justice Martin's, uh, his own words, is a jumble of confected nonsense. Yeah. So he ends up throwing the case out. So I guess, I guess what it, I guess what it does for me when I read this article, you know, I'm reminded, um, Joseph, well, a couple of things, two things. Firstly, that, you know, we're going to be tackling a, a, a theme this week about hell. Yeah. And th- there may be some that, why are you talking about that? You know, people don't believe in hell. You know, we're in uh, today's the 21st century and whatnot. But hey, you look online and there's people, whether it's, whether the genuineness of their beliefs, but they're propagating this idea of Satanism, mm. you know, so, um, and then there's, I think the connection this week is, you know, some people have this notion that Satan's, somehow in charge of hell yeah and he's kind of that's his domain and that's where he you know that's where you go and and that's where <laughs> that's where you meet him basically if if you are unfortunately going to go into hell but i'm glad we're going to clear up some of these um misconceptions joseph uh just not only today but with the rest of our team um this week so um so that's the one thing that there is this uh, there are people who believe in in satan and and the devil um, just as surely as there are people who believe in the, the the Bible, there are some who believe in this, which kind of boggles my mind, to be honest, Joseph, believe in and put their faith and trust in uh, an evil source, an evil power. Now, I may not be correctly portraying the the beliefs of, of Satanism. They, they, you know, they may say that's not what we believe. Well, you know, I stand to be corrected on that. But the general idea that the the Satan lease of the scriptures that that there could be people that worship and believe in in Satan yeah. as we understand that that's quite challenging and quite troubling. But also the second thing, um, you know, uh, Joseph, I'm reminded what it says in in the book of Revelation when there was that war that broke out in heaven yeah. in the chapter twelve, I believe it is. And it says there that when uh, the dragon, in which is Satan in, in biblical um, symbolism in Revelation, it says that the Bible says that they heavens rejoice because the, Satan and his angels were basically evicted from heaven. And it said that woe to those who dwell on the earth because the devil knows that he has a short time. And I couldn't help but think of that, Joseph, in that in light of Bible prophecy, there is this sense, well, according to Scripture, that this being, this being that fell, this being that later would become, you know, the epitome of evil, is actually present in this world. And that's, I think that's one of the greatest deceptions. Mm. You know, we talk on this radio program a lot, Joseph, about, end, you know, end time scenarios, deception, truth. You know, we're really trying to convey to our listeners about the truth of Scripture and how it challenges some maybe some misconceptions. And I think going back to um, 
the idea of the devil, there's some might be thinking that's just a fallacy. That's something that people made up, like you know, kind of like like Father Christmas and Santa Claus. And I think that's probably one of the greatest deceptions that the devil has. Basically, we there are a lot of people just don't even think that there is such a presence, a reality of presence of evil. Uh, in this world, so yeah, clearly, yeah, we do have um, the existence of God, and just as as certain as that is the fact, so is the existence of uh, of an uh, of an opposition to God, an evil force, which is you know, referred to as Satan or the devil, yeah, um, yeah the the enemy, the, the enemy of God, and so we we do have the. the yeah, you know, these supernatural beings. Yeah, the challenge. I like that word. The, the challenge is we we cannot see. You know, we don't see God physically, literally. Um, nor can we see the devil, and that's why it, it's easy to, to kind of perhaps be a bit dismissive of it. Yeah, and, and think it doesn't exist. Uh, just because he cannot be seen physically, literally, right. doesn't mean that he's not real and doesn't mean that he's not active. Yeah. And um, we know from, from the Bible that, yeah, really, he, the devil, is the one that's the cause for all sin, suffering, sadness, yes. um, evil, that's for right. all of it. Um, and um, has been, yeah, right, fr- right from way back. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, part of what we're going to look at is just, uh, I guess, a bit of an explanation, bit of a clarification of a topic that some people perhaps see a little bit differently yeah. or maybe a bit confused or contradictory. And we hope to really bring out, again, another unified picture from God's Word about this topic. Amen. And I love the way you use that word, uh, Joseph, the supernatural and kind of saying almost opening up, not just the deception that there's no such thing as the devil and evil, but on the flip side, people, there's no such thing as God. But uh, you're saying that's a supernatural element. So thank you for raising that. Hey, um, so that's our World Watch segment for today. Just kind of highlighting uh, there was something that happened in, our, in, in, in Australia where, you know, the education system was challenged to buy some Satanists or, or, so, or so-called who wanted to promote their uh, Satanic religious instruction. So, you know, Jesus talked about the signs of the times, and I think this is just another element of mm. where we're headed in our culture so um hope you enjoyed that so we're going to switch gears and i'd like to promote our free book offer before we go to our song right now so um in line with our theme of hell um we want to promote this book uh, it's called judgment and hell god may be kinder than you think and so the author there is uh is a uh, jim ayer and what Jim does, he shines the light of Bible truth to reveal a God who always acts with justice, mercy, and most importantly, absolute love and fairness. I love it. So if you would like a free copy of uh, Judgment in Hell by Jim Ayer, why don't you text the code word here to uh, the studio, uh, SA52, SA52, and you need to text that code word to 04888. Eight zero eight double one, and uh, if you uh, you will get a response from the friendly bot who will um, get your details, and we'll do our best to get that free resource out to you. So one more time, if you would like a copy of that free book offer, uh, Judgment in Hell, text the code word SA five two to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, and we will be back in just a moment.
You're back listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with myself, William Mawala, and my co-host, Pastor Joseph Matichich, Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in South Australia. And so if you just tuned in, uh, I'd like to give you another opportunity for our free book offer. We're, uh, we are offering the book entitled Judgment and Hell, <laughs> God May Be Kinder Than You Think by the author Jim Ayer. And if you'd like a free copy, please text the code word to SA52. Two zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. One more time, SA five two. That's the code word to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. And our friendly bot will get in touch with you, get your details, and they'll be sending uh, that free resource out to you. And I just want to give a shout out to. We have had someone that has called in for the book for. Joe Rodden, I believe your name is. So if you're listening, Joe Rodden, we want to say thank you for listening to Drive Time BQ&A, and we hope to get you that copy as soon as possible. So thank you for tuning in today. So we are going to tackle the – we are attempting to answer the question, uh, what and where is hell? And so uh, we're going to be looking at that. Sorry, let me just rephrase that one more time. The, the question is, is hell real and what and where is hell? And so I'm so glad that I've got my colleague, uh, Pastor Joseph Matichich, who's going to lead us in this discussion. So, yeah, tell us, uh, share with our listeners, Joseph, what do you make of this uh, this idea of hell? Is it real? And uh, where do you think this hell could actually be? It'd be interesting, Will, if we asked our, uh, our listeners, uh, what's the first thing that comes to their mind when they think of hell? Because, right. I mean, uh, you, you ask a typical person in, down the street, um, what do you think of when you think of hell? Yeah. What would they say? I bet they would probably describe it as uh, a place um, where there's burning, yep. and then there's, there's I was about to say and, burning, and, and there's someone, some evil-looking guy with a pitchfork, <laughs> uh, maybe with some horns, who's okay. um, stoking up the fire and and tormenting yep. uh, people that are, that are they're ro- roasting away. That's, that, right. that, that's a sort of a um, generalized caricatured image of of what hell is now um where's that kind of come from well it's interesting that this this notion of people burning in hell endlessly for a long time has been something that the church had when i say the church i mean the the christian church christianity has over the centuries uh used used as a way to i guess um Promote its 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 idea of, of wanting to pro- well use it as a, as a motivation for uh, to motivate people with, with fear. That's right. Um, use that as a as a tool to get people to um, to to come to God. To and um, I, I think during the uh, during the um, the med- the um, the dark and the Middle Ages, um, the the state church of that time. Um, what they would do um, is that they would um, f- they would sell indulgences, which was essentially yes. um, getting people to uh, to give money uh, to pay for f- pay for forgiveness for, for their sins. Um, and um, you know there was the, the there was almost there was a, a phrase or saying that was used back then. Um, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, a soul from hell springs, you know, yeah. uh, or soul from purgatory springs. Now, there, there are some other associated yeah. ideas with hell or purgatory, limbo. Um, and um, But this idea of, of a hell, it, it's, it's been something there. I, I think of um, 
the uh, famous preacher Jonathan Edwards yes. uh, in the 1700s. He preached a sermon that was titled Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Yeah. I mean, even just that title, William. Yeah. Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Actually, you Whoa. know, it's funny you just said that. Literally just, just the other day, right where I stay, um, literally like the, the first intersection just outside my house there, um, there's a church. There's a Christian church right on the corner. They have a church line. And that's what the sign said. It said, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. Like, that was the sign. Really? And okay, uh, right. as soon as I drove past, I was like thinking of Mr. Jonathan Edwards. And, you know, that was his whole sermon based about, about that. And I guess the, the, I guess, you know, in, in real, real simple terms, um, the idea there that that that's, uh, has sometimes been you know promoted is you believe in God, you know you, you confess, accept Jesus as your Savior and yeah. Lord, and you go to heaven. If you reject God, you'll go to hell. Go to hell, yeah. Okay, and um, and and then when people uh, unpack that a little bit more, what is this hell? Well, it, it's a it's you, a place that you definitely want to avoid. It's a plane of sorry, a place of pain and mm. suffering and endless burning and torture. That's your that's your consequence for rejecting for rejecting God. Now, well, I want to say something here as a I guess as an introductory remark and as a connection with some of the other things that we we we've we've covered here on Faith FM and in particular on Drive Time. And it's this 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 concept of of you burning endlessly in hell yep. um, can only be so if you hold to the concept of an immortal soul. Okay. Now, that's a topic that was covered a little while back here, particularly on drive time, where we looked at what, you know, what is the human, what is the human body, uh, and what, happen, what happens at death. Because there, is this, there has been this idea that um, if, a de- if we have an immortal soul that cannot die, then at death it, it has to go somewhere. It yeah. has to go to, and so people have said, "Well, if you're good, you go to you know, generalize. Yeah. If you go, if you're good, if you if you're a Christian, if you believed in God, you go to heaven. If you don't, if you weren't, you go to go to hell. You go to yeah. hell. See th- this idea that if 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 we have an immortal soul, it cannot die. Therefore, it has to go somewhere. Yeah. However, the Bible teaches that God only has immortality. Right. We as humans do not have immortality. We do not have an immortal soul. Uh, we we um, we have a, a body from the dust, breath that comes from God, and then when we die, it's a reversal of that, and we, we cease to exist. The Bible calls death a sleep. We sleep until the resurrection. Okay. Now the Bible does talk about two resurrections, and we've covered that in in other other times. And if people want some more information, by all means, contact us here on Faith FM. We're happy to unpack that. So, the the, the key thing here, William, is that an an understanding of death and what happens to the body and soul is directly connected to an understanding of hell. If you hold the idea that there is such a thing as an immortal soul, then you have to hold to the idea of a hell being a place of eternal torment. Yeah. Now, if, let's think about this from a, another point of view. People burning alive forever, rapists, together with a petty thief, together with those who simply chose not to believe in Jesus, all suffering forever and ever? It is difficult to imagine a more terrifying idea. Mm. Is that what God's like? Is that what the Bible teaches? Yeah. Is this the consequence for rejecting God? Well, the Bible does speak of hell. It does speak of the fate of the wicked. The Bible is clear that there are two choices that everyone has. Sure. 
to be saved or to be lost. A heaven or a hell, if you like. Yep. But when we look at the character of God, we want to see that every Bible teaching must support what God is like. Sure. And we will see that when we come to this topic as well, because it must reflect the character of God. So, as whatever our understanding of hell may be, it has to match with the biblical picture of the character of God. What's God like? Well, the clearest statement, 1 John 4.8, tells us that God is love. All right. So whatever we look at with this whole idea, it has to somehow align with the, with the God God of love, God being love. As we look at uh, a few other things, looking at biblical descriptions of who God is, the Bible, as I said, declares that God is love. Let me share a couple of other thoughts. Luke chapter 6. And just while you're about to read that, Joseph, I think that's pretty important to note. As you said that whatever our understanding of hell may be, it has much has much to do or it must match the biblical picture of God. Mm. Maybe that's <clears throat> excuse me, maybe that's a reason why there's a lot of people who don't want to believe in God. If that's the God that is presented ah. as a God that burns people forever through the ceaseless ages of eternity, I can understand, I can empathize with someone that says, Hey, yes. if that's what God is like, that he's gonna burn people up, I don't want anything to do with that God. And I think I think they they have a case for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope. Yeah. What, I think what you're trying to do is yeah. unpack, and hopefully with our team, they're going to unpack this idea of hell and coming back to the picture of God. So I love the connection you're making. We're not just talking about a topic about hell, but it's coming back to as you say, this is going to reflect on the picture of God. So I think I think it's important that you kind of make that connection. Vital what you've brought out there, William, because that that is that is exactly what. Um, is an implication of this whole idea. If, mm. if if hell is this place of endless burning, where yeah. where where people are suffering um, as a consequence of rejecting God, yeah. then people are thinking, well, what kind of a God <laughs> is that? That 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 allows that 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 has that. They they would then not even want to be drawn to God, even for. The, the positive, the opposite reward, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I really appreciate you bringing that out. So God is love, we've seen. The Bible declares. God uh, In other places it describes him as being merciful. Yeah. Your heavenly Father is merciful, Jesus said in Luke 6.36. And um, that that's who God is. Uh, Romans chapter 3 describes that God is both just and the one who, who justifies. So God is just. God is love. It is both merciful and just. Now that's that's unique. Yeah. To be both merciful and just. Um, it's worth just pausing just for a moment. Just try to get our heads around that because we'll come back to that. How can you? How can you be both just and merciful at the same time? Yeah. I hope that's where we're going to land at the end. Now, what is God like? Well, when we look at uh, the, this. Uh, the, the descriptions in the Bible. Matthew chapter 7, um, Jesus said this um, in verse 11, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Uh, Psalms 103, 
verse 13, describes God as a father who has compassion on his children. Right. What's God like? He's like a, a loving parent. A loving parent. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to get the picture. God is love. Yeah. He's merciful. Yes, but he's at the same time, he, he's also perfectly just. He's fair. He's described as a loving parent. A loving parent who he, he may discipline his children but doesn't punish in anger. A perfect loving parent is like that. Point one, God is love. What is he like? He's like a, like a loving parent. Third point, God has provided a way of salvation. Yep. Romans chapter 6 tells us that the wages of sin is death. This is Romans 6.23. Mm-hmm. But the gift, gift of, of God. God is what? Eternal, Eternal life, life yes. through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so God's provided a way of salvation. The wages of sin is death, but he gives us the opportunity as a gift, eternal life. Uh, we know that how it describes it in Second Corinthians that God made him, that is Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us. Mm-hmm. He bore our sins, Isaiah 53 tells us. And sure. by his wounds we are healed. And then Romans chapter 3 uh, really puts it together there, verses uh, uh, verses 23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24, And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Amen. Christ, God, sorry, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed before and punished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. So get this, God is merciful. He doesn't punish for our sins. He doesn't punish us for our sins. Yeah. He is just though yes. because he puts that punishment on Jesus. That's right. Do you see the extent to which God went to save humans? Mm. The cross of Christ shows us what sin is. It's separation from God. That's what sin is. So those who choose not to accept the free gift of salvation choose to be separated from God, the giver of life. Hell, as we will see, is that eradication of sin Um, and sinners. Because John 3.16 is a significant verse. One of the greatest, best known verses. But... Look at it now in the context of, as we're discussing here. In the context of hell. Of hell. Yes. For God, it, it, that, that passage says, For God so, so loved, loved the, world the world that he gave his only yeah. begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not what? Perish. Should not perish, perish mm. but have everlasting life. So we see there in the greatest verse, the best known verse mm. in the Bible, yes, the essential two options. You can believe in Jesus and have everlasting life, or perish, yeah. perish. It's not describing it or referring to being tormented and tortured ongoing yeah. as some sort of painful consciousness. No, sure. it's it's a perish, and um, that you know, in a way, it sums up everything about God. Yeah. God is love. He doesn't doesn't have people endlessly being tortured in some exi- painful existence. That's that, that that's his love. Yeah. But his love is also seen that is that, that he, he he put sin on Jesus, which killed him on the cross, and gives us the opportunity for eternal life. 
He's just and merciful at the at the same time. I love what you're saying, Joseph, because you know what I'm hearing from you here is we people who want to, I guess, how could I put it? You know, like we were saying, people don't want to believe in a God that um, you know will burn people up for 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 eternity. Mm. I think what you're trying to do, and correctly so, is to show that. That, that the God that is revealed in Scripture is not one of condemnation and one that just wants to see people, you know, um, suffer. That that He's a God of grace, He's a God of love. That He that this is how God demonstrates His love is that He sent His Son to ultimately pay that price for us. So I love the way that you're setting this up, Joseph, to say, hey, before we get into this really, you know. Uh, sobering concept of hell and and the idea that uh that the that it, it's a reality for those who choose as you're saying not to uh respond to the the message of grace or uh through the person of christ that there's ultimately there's a reality you said there's two choices eternal and, life or yeah. to perish yeah exactly right and um just just as we get into this um a bit more well, let, let me let me get one more thing and i know yeah. we're about to go to a break but let me let, let me um, look at this. The question there is, how how does God feel about those who choose not to love him? Okay. Okay. How, how does God feel about them? Yeah. How, do, how does God feel about those who, uh, we, we could say, yeah, the, the people who... Who, who disobeyed or who disobey, didn't, didn't, who reject God, yeah. who choose not to believe, who choose not to accept salvation, yeah. non-believers, the wicked. You know, Some people might say, well, we, he's how, happy. How, how we might yeah. describe them. Now, what, how does God feel about them? Notice these two, two very important statements from the Bible. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11, says this, Assuredly as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But mm. rather that they turn from their ways and live. Right. Okay. God takes no pleasure, no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Wow. So completely foreign concept here of this idea that God, yeah, oh well, that's what you deserve. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, I'm going to let you suffer. Yeah. None of that kind of picture. And the other one, Second Peter chapter three, verse oh, nine, I it says, "The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise." As some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. Yes. There's that word from John 3.16. Right, he doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Amen. So God longs for the salvation of all, but he's not going to force anyone. Right. Because he's love, the devil and all who have chosen not to accept God's love will be mercifully and justly destroyed and they'll cease to exist and I'll look at that straight after this song. Wow. That's a pretty big concept that we're going to just take our break on, this idea of mercifully and justly uh, destroying those who ultimately choose, do not choose life. Yep. And that's the sad reality of, yes. of what we're saying yep. here on our show. Hey, listen, if you're listening out there today and you'd like to receive a free copy of the book offer that we're promoting this week. The book is entitled uh, Judgment and Hell. God may be kinder than you think uh, by author Jim Eyre. And uh, with down-to-earth language woven into a skillful yet pragmatic Bible study, Jim Eyre shines the light of Bible truth to reveal a God who always acts with justice, mercy, and most importantly, absolute love and fairness. And that's what Pastor Joseph has been unpacking, that, yes, this is a serious topic, 
but God is acting through the lens of his character, which is his love and his mercy and his justice. So if you want to receive a free copy, please text the code word here to the studio, SA52 to 04888-80811. Once again, that's the code word SA52 to 04888-80811. Please don't go away. We'll be back with more here on Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A. Like the roses in the rain Your love will bloom in me and bring All you're asking for Oh Lord Like the rain You cleanse my soul Oh, Lord, like a stream, you flow through me. Without you here, I know I'm nothing. I need your love to make me whole. For all I do could never Bring the life you give I need you here I need you, Lord Let no one come between our love Let nothing else control my heart Only you, my the rain, you cleanse my soul. Oh Lord, like a stream, you flow through me. Between our love and nothing else control my heart, only you, my Lord. Oh Lord, like the rain, you cleanse my soul. Like a stream, you flow through me. All you're asking for. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Will Moala, my co-host, Pastor Joseph Matichich. We're on the home stretch here, here at here on Drive Time BQ&A, and we've been looking at the 
the theme, that beginning of the theme, how good was God when he created hell? And we are looking specifically at the at the question, is hell real? What an where is hell? So Joseph, um, take us take us through to the last leg about mm. this. Uh, you're talking about God's character, and you're talking about choice. You just ended with Ezekiel saying that uh, God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. So take it up from there. Yeah, thank you. Exactly right. God, God is a God of love. Yeah, and um, His character of love means that He is also both just and merciful. Yes, and with the justice, sin demanded death. He puts it on Jesus. And out of his mercy, he gives us the opportunity to to have eternal life. Incredible, Amen. incredible picture that we have of God, God. and 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 certainly he, um, because of his love, he um uh, he, he gives us that, that opportunity. He doesn't want people to 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 reject yes. him, but uh, people need to choose. Now, we want to come to this um, point: when and yeah, what and where is hell? Okay, right. Let me get straight to it. What and where is hell? Well. Hell, we see as the as the destruction, as the as a place for the non-believers, the wicked, to go. A couple of very significant passages here. The Bible helps us really understand this, William. First one is a story that Jesus told um, with, with to his disciples. It's recorded in Matthew chapter thirteen about a, a farmer who went out and sowed seed, and good seed grew, but also amongst it uh, came up some bad seed, some yes. weeds, and. Yes. Um, the, the the people who saw these this the, the weeds come up they said hey should we, we should we go up and pull those pull those weeds out and the farmer said no don't pull them out now because as you're pulling up the weeds guess what you might pull up some of the you know, the wheat and the good yeah. the good crop right and they were told to leave it leave it until until the harvest and then um, it, it says here uh, the explanation the field is the word world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom the weeds are the people of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil the harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are the angels right as the weeds are pulled up jesus goes on explains here and burned in the fire so it will be at the end of the age that's what i want to really stress here okay the son of man it says he will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do who who do evil? Yeah. So the Bible explains here sure. that the wicked are going to be dealt with at the end of at the, the age. End, yeah. So hell is not going on now. Okay, that's that's pretty big for hell. Is not yeah. a place now where people, you know, it, we might have someone who, who might think, oh, my my loved one, they they re- they rejected God, they never believed in Him. Are they now suffering somewhere because of that, friend? They are not. Wow. The Bible says that death is asleep. They are resting in the grave. That's, they are not conscious. Yeah. They are not feeling any any pain and suffering. Then the Bible in the last book, Revelation 20, will um, goes on and really tells us uh, when and where the destruction of the wicked is going to take place. And it tells us here, Revelation 20, and we're going to read here from verse 7, it says, when the thousand years are over. Now, that's right. that's talking about the thousand years after the second coming of Jesus. That, that's, okay. that's known also as the millennium. Now, that's another topic as okay. well. <laughs> but let's stick to this one for now. At the end of the thousand years, this is a thousand years after the second coming of Jesus, it says Satan's going to be released from his prison. He's going to go out and deceive the nation in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. 
In number, they are like the sand on the seashore. They marched across the breadth of the earth, surrounded the camp of God's people, the city loves, and it says, but fire came down Down from from heaven and devoured them. Who's that? Satan and all his followers. Fire comes down and and devours them. And um, yeah. and it says that the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophets had false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And people will go, oh, there you go, there it yeah. is. Yeah. Well, just stay tuned because through this week we're going to unpack that a little bit more. I'm not going to get into it today, but we'll. Uh, Keep keep um, tuning in to, to drive time for the rest of this the, this week. Now it goes on here and it says that um, as part of this scene, it says then death and and even Hades were thrown. That, that's another word for grave. Were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Right. So hell is not going on now. The destruction of the wicked takes place at the end of the thousand years, and it occurs here on earth. Okay. When we look at other biblical descriptions of the destruction of the wicked, we find it described like this. And that's why we need to compare Scripture with Scripture, read everything on, on this topic. Yep. In the book of Malachi, it talks about uh, the, the day coming when it will burn like a furnace. This is Malachi chapter 4. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. Did you get that? Yep. Stubble, not a root, not a branch, nothing will be left. And it says um, that uh, it talks about here that it'll be... um, that you will trample on the wicked and they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. So it's picturesque language, but what's the point? Burned up. Yeah. Ashes. Nothing left. Yeah. Do we get the idea? Yeah. Um, so as we as we look at this, the Bible describes the fact that yes, there is a place of burning. It's not now. Yeah. It's going to be at the end of the age. In fact, more specifically, after the thousand years, when all the wicked and Satan himself is going to be thrown wow. into hell. Really, that's crazy. So that answers our question. Is the devil in charge of hell? No, he's not, because he himself is going to perish. Yeah. And that shouldn't surprise us. John 3.16, God so loved the the world world. that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, Perish. but have everlasting life. Revelation 20, we read that the devil is thrown into that fire, along with all the wicked Mm. and and destroyed. And uh, finally, people may say, but doesn't the word hell mean a place of burning? And haven't you already alluded to them being thrown in and tormented? Yeah. Well, let me say this as we as we sort of wrap this up. First of all, the word hell, it's, it's, it's used 55 times in the Bible, and only 12 cases does it refer to a place of burning. Mm-hmm. Okay? In the Old Testament... Um, the word essentially means grave. Same in the New Testament. Most of the references mean um, mean a grave. In the New Testament, it's the word Hades, which, you know, derivative of hell. Yeah. There is one time, Will, where in the New Testament, the word translated as hell comes from the Greek word Tartarus. It means a dark abyss. 
And there are 12 times when the Greek word Gehenna is used, which does mean a place of burning. Now, get this. Gehenna is the name that they gave to the burning refuse pile outside of the tr- yeah. city of Jerusalem. Uh, that's right. And it did not burn forever. From the weight of evidence, it seems that the Bible words for hell simply refer to death or grave, not an unending fire. Mm. But stay tuned. We're going to unpack some of those verses that seem to t- refer to an uh, eternal torment. What is that? Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay yeah. tuned. So as we conclude, according to the Bible, hell takes place on this earth at the end of the thousand years, after which God creates a new earth. Right. Consider this. How could the new earth exist in the same place where hellfire burns unending? <laughs> it's true. Secondly, consider this as we conclude. The Bible uses phrases like burned up, up destroyed, destroyed yep. be no more, to describe the complete distraction of Satan and his followers. Isn't it inconsistent then to say that the wicked keep on living in hellfire when the Bible uses language that says that they will cease to exist once they're destroyed? Yeah, it's true. And finally, the Bible says that the only way to have eternal life is through Jesus Christ. If wicked people keep on burning, this means they would continue to have a form of life that would never end. Mm. How can wicked people have eternal life apart from Jesus? William, they cannot. Hell is simply the destruction of the wicked at the end of the thousand years when they are consumed, burned up, perished for all. And finally... Do you look forward to that? Whoever you are out there, do you look forward to a time when God is going to get rid of sin once and for all? Perhaps you do. And that's great if you do. Maybe you're not sure. If you're not sure, I want to appeal to you. Consider the fact that God is calling you to accept his plan of salvation and come to him. Maybe you have some family friends you're worried about. Let's pray. God, we want to thank you for this incredible truth. Hell's not going on now. It's going to come a day when all wickedness, all wicked, will be burnt up, will be perish, there'll be no more. Thank you that you're a God of love, mercy and justice. Amen.